Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, a podcast all about the North American model of conservation and your chance to dive into conversations about trends, research, and outdoor activities. It's time to get wild with the 2021 Conservation Media Award-winning host, Jason Creighton. Something that's unique to, to Pennsylvania and certainly to this country. You go other places, they just they can't believe the amount of public access that we have. It's 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 unbelievable uh, what we're blessed with here in the Commonwealth. Um, I will say though, the number one reason that we'll have uh, properties that come out of our uh, public access is litter. It's a real simple thing. I mean, just you know, be courteous, carry carry out what you carry in. Uh, just be mindful of those ethics among the anglers. Welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast presented by Conserve the Wild. I'm your host, Jason Grayton, and this is episode number 150, a conversation about trout stocking with Executive Director Tim Schaefer. In this episode, I'm talking with Tim Schaefer about trout stocking. Tim is the Executive Director of the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission, an agency whose mission it is to protect conserve and enhance the Commonwealth's aquatic resources and provide fishing and boating opportunities. During the conversation, Tim fills us in on when trout season starts, why the agency stocks trout, and who and when stocking occurs. He also goes into detail about how the hatcheries work, warm water fisheries in the state. The episode wraps up with an important reminder about life jackets and water safety. Hey, welcome back, everyone. And in this episode, as you heard, my guest today, the executive director of the PA Fish and Boat Commission, Tim Schaefer. Tim, how are you doing today? Jason, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk about, uh, you know, fishing and in real specific terms, what we're going to be talking about today, uh, trout fishing that we have mm-hmm. opportunities we have here in Pennsylvania. Um, so, but before we get into that, uh, this is, you know, I, I, full disclosure, I'm a hunter. I'm an outdoorsman. I'm not a big fisherman. Uh, my wife would not be happy if I spent time fishing in addition to everything else I do outside <laughs> away from take her, her and, take her with you, her and the family. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someday my, my son will be old enough and we will start fishing. Um, I don't know that my wife would be into that. Uh, that would be a whole lot of work for me. I have a feeling, uh, baiting hooks and, and taking fish off hooks. But, um, this is the first time that I've had anyone from the fishing boat commission on the podcast long overdue. Uh, so for everyone listening out there, what is the mission of the P- Pennsylvania fish and boat commission? Yeah, well, th- thanks for that opportunity. The mission of the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission is protect, conserve, and enhance aquatic resources and provide fishing and boating opportunities. So with that, um, you know, there's, you mentioned part of the mission is fish mm-hmm. and boating opportunities, but you also mentioned, you know, conserving aquatic habitat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think yeah. about, you know, the Game Commission in particular, um, you know, they're in charge of all sort of like, you know, wild species you know, land-bearing wild species in the in the state, not just mm-hmm. game species. So, 
you right. also, as part of that mission, is also working to conserve and preserve, you know, aquatic species that aren't, you know, necessarily target fish that fishermen might go after. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So we have responsibility, jurisdictional responsibility for all fish, reptiles, and amphibians in the Commonwealth. So, you know, you mentioned trout at the beginning. So people think of trout, bass, uh, you know, muskies, things that are pursued as a game fish. But we have all, also have responsibility for non-game species, uh, turtles, um, lizards, snakes, things like that, that that aren't pursued recreationally, but have a really significant part uh, in Pennsylvania's ecosystems. Uh, yeah, game commissions, all birds and mammals. We're all fish, reptiles and amphibians. So where does the money come from for this agency? You know, I mean, is it my tax dollars that are funding the agency or um, where does that money come from? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's called the North American model of fish and wildlife conservation. And, you know, we don't receive general fund tax revenue. So to answer your question, no, your tax dollars don't come to our agency. We're funded primarily by fishing licenses and boat registrations. Um, really, when when agencies like ours were set up decades and decades ago, uh, they were founded by sportsmen. And the idea was that, that um, as you saw fish and wildlife populations dwindling across the country, you wanted to have a strong uh, state fish and wildlife agency. In our case, we're lucky to have two, you know, one of each, um, that, that could work on behalf of the hunters and anglers of the world. And so in addition to those license dollars that we that we absolutely appreciate, and I, you know, I tell our staff all the time, if if we can't look an angler or a boater in the eye and say we're using your money wisely, we shouldn't be doing it. We're really investing it on their behalf. Um, but in addition, about a quarter of our revenue comes from a federal excise tax on fishing and boating equipment and motorboat fuel. You mentioned the first time you've had our agency on, and, and thank you for that. Thanks for having us on. Uh, but it, you may have gotten to it with our with you know Brian Burhans, who's my counterpart at the Game Commission. Uh, there's a similar tax on guns and ammo that you hear a lot about in the news um, that helps to fund the Game Commission. Similar uh, sort of excise tax on fishing and boating equipment and, again, motorboat fuel. That's collected um, at the federal level, goes into the Fish and Wildlife Service, and gets distributed out to the states, largely based upon the number of license sales and, and fishing license sales and boats that we have registered here. Also, geography factors into, the pl into play. Uh, but that's about a quarter of our revenue. But really, it's generated by by um, by the users, by the anglers and boaters, and we reinvest it on their behalf. Since you brought it up, I'm going to ask. Uh, you you brought up that we have two agencies here in Pennsylvania. Uh, really, yeah. I guess three, if you think about you know the DCNR as well with state parks um, that are managing mm -hmm. these sort of outdoor spaces and outdoor recreational opportunities. A lot of states that's rolled into really just one organization, one one agency. Do you feel like it's easier or harder to work as these like separate entities that sometimes collaborate together? Well, I, I have to tell you that, you know, Brian and I talk multiple times a week that after I'm done with you, I have a, I see I have an email wait for Cindy Dunn, who's my counterpart at DCNR. Um, we all we all really work very, very well together. Um, one thing that it does allow us to do is really focus on that core mission um, and, and allows for that that specificity. Um, in our in our daily activities, so I think that that's a real real benefit here in the Commonwealth. Um, I'll tell you though, the relationship has never been better. I think among the three, 
And we, we do a lot of part, a lot of work on state park lakes. You know, you wouldn't, a lot of places that's the go-to place for, you know, tomorrow's the opening day of trout season. And a lot of, a lot of people will be out at state park lakes and in state forests. Um, so we really gladly partner with our, with the folks at DCNR game commission. Similarly, there'd be lots of people trout, fishing for trout tomorrow on state game lands. Yeah. And that's really great to hear that, you know, the three agencies are, are working so well together um, to try to coordinate and, and help each other out really uh, because there's always that sort of thought, like if they're separate, they're all doing their own thing. And like you mentioned, that's good. You can stay hyper-focused on your mission as an agency but it really is important, as we mentioned, ecosystems for you know wildlife. It's also the ecosystem of the whole outdoor recreation experience here in our wonderful state that can really be enhanced if all three agencies are working together. Absolutely. So the biologists do that. I'll also note, you know, whether it's it's park rangers or forest rangers or state game wardens or our waterways conservation officers, they also work really well together and you know many times you know we'll have maybe one wco that covers a whole county you know they'll work closely with the local game warden they'll work closely with the the, the staff at a state park on really integrating the law enforcement work that they do and we we, we, cro we cross train as well so we've got a really great water rescue program in pennsylvania um, we gladly and, and regularly work with them to make sure uh, that those other state agencies have the tools um, and skills that they knew may, they need to when they're on the water as well. So yeah, the relationship, biologists, um, WCOs, administratively, you know, our habitat staff, um, really couldn't be better. So you already broke the news for those people that are listening that that maybe don't realize, but tomorrow, as of this uh, this episode going out, is the opening of trout season in Pennsylvania. The official uh, opening. When does uh, trout season close? Like how, so it opens up tomorrow, April 1st. Uh, how does the season run? Yeah, so you really, you, you know, you can, you can fish all year long. You know, we, we do ask that on, on, a, on, a, on stock trout waters, we do, um, we, on those waters, we do um, close the season during uh, the times that we're stocking in the spring. And that stocking starts really, that started right after President's Day weekend. Typically, you know, mid to late February is, was when the stocking trucks um, hit the hit the waters. But you know, Pennsylvania is blessed with miles, thousands of miles of wonderful naturally reproducing wild trout waters, and you can fish there all year long. I mean, it's just we're we're, we're really blessed uh, to have the water resources we do. We you know we have about eighty six thousand miles of flowing water in Pennsylvania, second only to Alaska. We have hundreds of lakes. Um, so there really is something for everybody. You, you can you can truly fish all year long. Now, what starts tomorrow, you know, with um, beginning of trout season is when you can, if you if you like to harvest fish, you can keep your limit of five five fish starting tomorrow. Um, we like I mentioned when we started stocking uh, back in February, um, we stock about three point two million trout annually. Um, we have a network of cooperative nurseries. These are volunteer sportsmen's clubs about 150 of those, they stock another million trout. So you've got, you know, 4.2 million trout that have been stocked by either us or the, the, the cooperative nurseries. As I said, you've got, you know, just thousands of miles of great naturally reproducing wild trout waters. We have a really thriving aquaculture industry in Pennsylvania also too, where, where clubs and others can purchase their fish uh, from, those from those commercial entities. So 
Um, they'll, they'll, there'll be plenty of fish in the water tomorrow. And I think it's also important to note that trout season begins with the opening day. Um, it, it doesn't end. I mean, I, that's really when a lot of the carnival-like atmosphere is there. Um, but there's plenty of trout, great trout fishing to be had all spring long. So you mentioned that we have, you know, all these great waterways and, and the native, you know, brook trout uh, in these waterways that you can pursue all year. So why stock? If we have those natives, what is the purpose of putting these, you know, raised fish into creeks and, and lakes and that kind of thing? Yeah, really. So what we, we stock where in waters that wouldn't naturally have a, a, a recreational fishery available. So I live in Cumberland County. So you may have heard of the Yellow Breaches Creek. So Yellow Breaches Creek is a really uh, famous uh, trout stream as you get further up into the headwaters and the Latort, you may have heard of the Tort. They've got a, a really robust wild trout population. You get down closer to the Susquehanna River where I am in the lower reaches of the Yellow Breaches, you don't have naturally reproducing uh, naturally reproducing trout. You know, Westmoreland County, where I know you're based, you know, there, there simply wouldn't be trout fishing in lots of streams and most certainly in lakes in Pennsylvania without our without our hatchery system. I mentioned earlier about the state park lakes. You know, they get really warm in the summertime and they, just they wouldn't support a trout fishery. So, you know, like our counterparts across the country um, who, have, who have hatchery systems, we supplement populations where they wouldn't normally exist so the idea here is to provide recreational opportunities for fishing and you're not placing these stocked fish in areas where there's already a sustainable native trout population yeah we have a, a very limited number of streams um where what are class a streams very limited number of those where we do stock and we we evaluate them closely to see if they're having a population impact um, but really the, the vast, 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 overwhelming majority of the streams um, where we stock just simply don't have a natural reproducing population. So uh, how does this work then? Like you get the you, you get these fish as little eggs and then you raise them and, and then yeah. they're put out into the wild. Um, let's start in the beginning. Um, how do you go about getting these eggs and then how do you raise them up? Yeah, so so we have um, so with our our fourteen state fish hatcheries statewide, we have eight that are trout hatcheries, and a lot of the, a lot of the eggs that we do is we'll spawn them there on site. And it's it, actually I'll I'll make an invitation to you if you'd like to come out and join us. We'd love to have you. It's really really cool. I guess the closest one to you would be our Reynoldsdale state fish hatchery, um, but we'd be happy to have you come out and see us do the spawning. So um, so we'll collect the eggs from our brood fish. Brood is just the uh, word for the larger, more mature adult fish. Um, we do uh, sometimes have to purchase eggs, which we'll do from from you know the, a commercial operation. Sometimes you trade uh, between states. You know, certain certain states are really good at certain things. Certain goods, certain states are good at others. So you'll sometimes trade uh, the eggs or, or the fried fryer small fish, and then fingerlings are about the size of your finger. Uh, but so you know, we'll start with the eggs. And then we'll raise them up and we we've uh, we have our hatch house, which, again, if you come to visit Reynoldsdale, you can see that there where um, we uh, raise the, uh, the, you know, fertilize the eggs, raise them up in the hatch house. And then when they start to get bigger, um, you move them outside to our raceways. And um, that's done, as I said, at the state fish hatcheries that, that we um, that we operate. We look to get them up to about 11 inches long with an average weight of. Uh, 
about 0.6 pounds. Um, that's, that's our target. Although we do stock um, a, an increasing number of the larger brood fish. This, this, this year we'll be stocking about 70,000 of those two to three, two and a half to three year old fish that measure in the 14 to 20 inch range. Um, and about 70 those 70 percent of those stocks will have been stocked prior to opening day. So you have a better chance than ever of catching a trophy fish. Um, another thing that's really popular, uh, particularly um, as people think towards opening days are our golden rainbow trout. Um, some folks still call them palominos, but they're technically a golden rainbow trout, really colorful. We stock about 14,000 of those, um, about 80 percent will have been stocked before opening day tomorrow. Um, one thing we, uh, we'd like to point out is that if you want to find out where those fishermen stocked, go to our mobile app, which is fish boat PA or our website, fishandboat.com. And we have really had really handy online stocking schedules. So if you'd like to see, you know, whether your favorite water was stocked in advance of opening day, you know, take a look at that. You can also see when we'll be stocking in season. Uh, important to point out that we do stock uh, throughout the spring. So we welcome the opportunity for, for folks to join us. We can use the help. If you didn't get out on a stocking with us preseason, you know, take a look and join us in season. We'd, we'd love to have the volunteers helping us out. So before we get into that um, aspect of it, I, I want to backtrack just a, a little bit. How long does it take raising these fish until they're, they hit that sort of 11 inch mark where you're trying to, to, you know, you feel they're big enough to be able to go out and be stocked. Yeah. So that's, I mean, really it's about a, a little, about a two year process. I mean, you get okay. started, um, you know, it's, it's going to take, take a while to get the next generation of fish going, but you know, it's, it's our, our, our operations are open to, you know, they're there 24, seven, 365. I mean, it, it is an ongoing ongoing operation to produce these fish on behalf of, of the Pennsylvania anglers that, and one that never ends. I mean, and, and also oftentimes like, man, what's, you guys must be really busy the opening day of, you know, the, you know, the day before trout season. Tell you when it's really, really packed is right before you're going to stock. I mean, imagine having all those hatcheries busting at the, th bursting at the seams with fish. So um, yeah, it takes place all year long and uh, it's all, all to get ready for, for opening day tomorrow. So really, like, for example, like today, the fish that are there today are some of the ones that are going to be released next year or yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. two years. It's not a, a short turnaround from egg to to stock. No, I mean, it, it, it does. It takes a while. And, and again, if you're there and you'll even see you can see the transformation. If you get to the hatcheries, you know, right after opening day or excuse me, right after we, we've stocked, you know, you'll see that we're cleaning them out, getting you know raceways moving things around. And uh, yeah, they they do they, they do growth throughout the year, and you know, it, and and their growth rates will depend on water temperature, on feed. Um, you might, and if you wonder, sometimes we'll get the question, why why is a hatchery here or there? It's all about the water. It's all about the water source. And again, Reynoldsdale, that's not too far from you, um, uh, is a good example. We've just got this wonderful geyser of a spring that's there. Uh, we have a, a number of hatcheries that are centered. Um, in Center County, not too far from State College near Belfont, um, our Huntsdale State Fish Hatchery, not too far from where I live in Cumberland County, um, and then we have a, a, a series of, of, of trout, uh, a trout hatchery up at, at Cory, which is not too far from Erie. Again, all those, the, the thing in common that we have there is the really cold, reliable water source. Um, our warm water hatcheries, um, you don't need this cold of water, so you can, you can be you know, dealing with surface water there um, uh, a little more readily. 
so now we've we've sort of continuing this timeline uh yeah. we've we've raised these fish they're yep. um i say we i'm i'm not part of it uh your agency raises it'll, these it'll, fish. You know, if you're if you're fish what a way you are i mean it's everybody's license dollars go into it so yeah it really is we so uh, in order to get them to the various you know creeks and lakes and and stocking mm -hmm. areas um you know, it's not like we can just throw them in the back of a pickup truck. Um, it, how how are we transporting these fish? And then yeah. not all those places that you want to stock are like right next to a road, right? So how do you get them from the truck mm -hmm. down to a creek, you know, that's maybe a mile from the road? Yeah, well, well, great question. And one of the things that I like best about this job is when I get out with our staff um, to stock. So, so you know, your typical day, if we're going to be stocking, we'll... Um, We'll meet at the hatchery and we have large, really, really large trucks uh, with tanks with with aerators on them um, so we can keep the, keep them oxygenated. And they're split up into different. It's not just one gigantic truck, a truck with one gigantic tank. They're split up into into different units. So they're different lots of fish, um, but they'll be loaded onto the hatchery trucks. And then you can imagine the logistics that are included in, in stocking the number of waters that we do. Um, you know, that I, I should have gone back. That's a really busy time picture being the one who's trying to figure out, um, you know, how we're going to get those 3.2 million trout to <laughs> nearly 700 streams and over 125 lakes. That's that. And then you throw in, you know, some bad weather or a truck breaking down, you might have to reschedule. Uh, but so the, the trucks are loaded up and, uh, and then all of our stockings are listed online. We list the, the meeting location for where we're going to go. And we'll typically have volunteers meet us there. Um, each one of those days is really, really the coordinator or master of ceremonies is a waterways conservation officer. So the WCO will, will uh, you know, leave with the truck, meet the, uh, meet the stocking crew, meet the volunteers, do a safety briefing. We want to make sure that everybody is safe when they're, when they're participating. And then we'll, we'll stop, you know, we'll, We'll stop along the way, whether it's it's on a you know back dirt road in, in a state forest somewhere. Um, it's a little easier to stock on the lakes, um, but it's it's a it's really choreographed, and we know those we know the sites ahead of time. And it's not like you just get there like ah, I think I'll stock here, I'll stock there. Those WCOs have scouted out scouted it out ahead of time. They know where we're going to be, and we also put the fish um, in places that are accessible. I mean, we want people to catch these fish. And we stock, frankly, on more private land than we do on public land. That surprises a lot of people, and that's through the that's through the generosity of landowners. And that's I, I would like, you know, if if you're a, if you're a landowner who allows people to fish on your property, thank you. Um, we would not have the opportunities that we do in Pennsylvania without you. And that's that's something that's unique to to Pennsylvania and certainly to this country. You go other places, they just they can't believe the amount of public access that we have. It's 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 unbelievable. Uh, what we're blessed with here in the Commonwealth. Um, I will say though, the number one reason that we'll have uh, properties that come out of our uh, public access is litter. That's a real simple thing. I mean, just you know, be courteous, carry carry out what you carry in. Uh, just be mindful of those ethics among the anglers. Um, but anyway, getting getting back to your, your question. So you know, truck leaves. Um, hit the the meeting spot with the uh, with the WCO. Have a safety briefing. And then how do you get the fish to the stream? You carry them. I mean, you, you carry them. We have these large buckets that we 
we'll we'll scoop the, put some water in, scoop the fish into them, and then we carry them down to the streams um, and, and stock them. Uh, and like I said, uh, they'll be they'll be there waiting for you tomorrow to open, on opening day. Now, I've heard this from someone who claims to have volunteered, uh, and I have no reason not to to blame or, or not to uh, think he's pulling my chain, but um, he claimed that there's that they did some float stocking where they actually got into like canoes and boats and yep. um, sort of floated down the stream, putting out buckets in strategic places where there were holes and um, good yeah. good spots for fishing. Absolutely. We really appreciate the clubs that do that with the float stocking. The way that'll work is so when the truck pulls up, you may have a you know, picture, uh, uh, almost like a big raft that's got a, you know, a, a met, maybe a mesh or a screen bottom where water can get in there. And yeah, it's a great way to spread those fish out. That's, that's another, um, you know, a good reminder is that, you know, fish can swim and people think, oh, well, they're just going to stay there. And fish, fish, fish do move throughout, throughout the year. Um, you know, we certainly will put them in accessible holes and, uh, you know, a lot of them do stay there, but the fish really, you know, spread out throughout, throughout the season and give, give lots of great opportunities for people to catch them. Uh, you mentioned that, and this is very, uh, trout heavy, right? Because we're mm -hmm. basically celebrating the fact that trout season opens tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah. but at the same time you've, you've mentioned, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about warm water fisheries, you know, yeah. we have, um, you know, lakes and there's more fish than just trout in Pennsylvania. So mm -hmm. what kind of fish can you pursue? What do you mean when you meet, when you say warm water fisheries? Sure. Uh, so the ones that probably immediately come to mind are, are large mouth and small mouth bass. Um, catfish are becoming really increasingly popular, you know, really, really popular fishery for catfish. Uh, muskies, you have a better chance of catching a muskie now than you ever did in Pennsylvania. And, and you know, you started the, the, the program off asking about our, our, um, our trout hatcheries. You wouldn't catch a muskie in most parts of Pennsylvania if it weren't for our, for our, uh, for our hatcheries. Uh, where we raise muskie and we used to raise them to about nine to 10 inches and then stock them. But now we raise them to the 14 to 16 inch range and their survivability is much higher. They're much much more chance of, of survival when you stock them at that higher higher level or excuse me a larger size um so you get and then uh walleye the walleye fishing in particular in lake erie is just absolutely off the charts um really phenomenal walleye fishery and um where we supplement walleye stockings on rivers rivers and lakes as well so some places have natural reproduction like like lake, lake erie but but you know most places don't in Pennsylvania, so that's where we again supplement those walleye populations. And then you know we talked a little earlier about you know your your favorite state park, um, state park lake. What a great place to go for panfish. And when we say panfish, panfish, you know perch, bluegill, uh, rock bass, um, things that are tend to be a little easier to catch. And also they're really really great table fare if you want to you know take a couple of home and, and eat them. Really really good to eat. Um, you know, black and white crappie, um, for example. But the uh, that's another, you know, the panfish is another dynamite way to get kids uh, introduced to fishing. You know, you don't need to, doesn't need to be fancy with, you know, fancy fly rod for trout. I mean, heck, get a, get a, get a cheap rod and some worms and go out and just uh, catch some bluegills. Your, your kids will really enjoy doing that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here for mm -hmm. um, a couple questions. Um, one, What's your, this could be for 
trout. This could be for a panfish or walleye, but what's your go-to fish recipe if you're going to eat some fish? So I, I'll tell you, so uh, I, my kids go to college in Syracuse and anybody who's ever been to Syracuse, New York has maybe heard of dinosaur barbecue and dinosaur barbecue has this great spice rub. So what I like to do is I'll take that um, spice rub, put it on the, uh, put it on the trout and it used to be um, just frying it up in, in a pan with some butter. I mean, that's it. I mean, just, you know, douse it or put some spices on it and then fry it up in a pan with butter. But uh, my wife got me an air fryer for my birthday last year. And I, I got to tell you, putting a couple of trout in the air fryer, um, that's pretty stinking good. So <laughs> I guess that there's there's your recipe. That'd, that'd be my go-to. doesn't have to be complicated. It's really easy. All right. So now uh, we sort of put the cart before the horse. We talked about your favorite recipe, but how about a tip or two that you could give anglers? Maybe they're listening to this as they're driving mm-hmm. uh, to go fish for opening day of trout. Uh, what kind of what kind of tips could you give on being more successful and being able to catch a few more trout? Yeah, I'd say, well, first of all, you don't you don't need to make it too fancy or, or, or too difficult. Um, if you do want to pursue, pursue stock trout, you know, take a look at our, our stocking schedule. That's a really, you know, pr- probably the most surefire way to figure out where the fish are going to be. Uh, but take a look at those stocking schedules. I say also don't just uh, don't just fish on opening day. There's great trout fishing throughout the year. So that's I think that's maybe the biggest tip is just realize that we have you know season long opportunities here in the Commonwealth. Um, and it doesn't just have to be on opening day. Um, I'd say, uh, if you're going to get out with, you know, with family or friends, um, another tip is to take a kid along. I mean, the research is really showing more and more that the people, the reason people fish is they want to spend time with family and friends and, and relax. So, um, that would be a real tip is take a kid fishing with you. Um, it's a lot of fun, uh, particularly for those of us who've been doing it our, our whole lives, you know, one thing that, that really bring can bring you a lot of joy is seeing the you know the tug on the end of the line of, of a kid for the first time. So that would be uh you know take a look at those stocking schedules, uh, but take a kid fishing. That's probably the best tip I could give you. Yeah, and if you're uh, if you are planning to take a kid fishing, take a look and see what kind of local clubs. Uh, offer kid only fishing opportunities. There mm-hmm. are multiple just around me that, you know, you mentioned private land, uh, you know, yeah. a stream runs through their private land and there anyone can fish. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really sort of marketed towards, you know, Hey, bring your kid, mm-hmm. you know, we want your kid to fish here. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we had our mentor youth trout day um, just last Saturday where we opened trout season a week early for kids um, that's really, really popular every year. Um, but it's also, you know, note that, you know, if you're under 16, you don't need a license to fish in Pennsylvania. Um, and, and it really, I, I should I say, if anybody hasn't gotten their license yet to, for tomorrow, it's easier than ever. You can do it on your phone. Um, you don't need to, to display it anymore, which is a really nice feature. You don't have to hang a, a um, you know, a plastic uh, holder on your hat. Um, you can You can buy it online and just save it that way. Um, and again, that, that all those license dollars support what we do. So if you're going out there tomorrow um, and enjoying those stock trout or the wild fisheries that we manage on behalf of, of the Commonwealth, um, we do it with, with, again, with your support. We just truly, truly thank everybody um, um, for the funding that they give us to do the job we love on behalf of you. 
So before we go, before, uh, you know, because I know you're a busy man uh, and I want to be very cognizant of, of the time I'm taking from you. But so before you go, we want to make sure while we want people out there, we want people fishing, taking part in outdoor activities. Uh, we also want them to do it in a safe manner. Right. So what are some things that people should be doing whenever they are fishing, whether they're in a boat or they're on the shore? Like, what are some things that they should be really paying attention to to making sure that they're safe? Wear your life jacket. I don't care if, if the listeners remember anything I said during this interview, but wear your life jacket. In Pennsylvania, we actually have a mandatory life jacket wear on all canoes, kayaks, and boats under 16 feet from November 1st through April 30th. So, you know, we've had a, you know, a really mild winter for the most part this year, um, but that water is still deadly cold. Um, you know, the statistics really bear it out. Most of our accidents happen in the summertime when there's more boating, but most of the fatalities happen in the cold weather months. So, you know, a lot of people will be out tomorrow in canoes and kayaks or John boats uh, fishing for trout. And that's a great way to do it. But please, please, please wear your life jacket. Yeah. Uh, the that, other thing I'd say. That's a good yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. And, and then building on that is just be, you know, really conscious the rules in Pennsylvania for boating under the influence are the same as driving under the influence. So please, please, please do not boat impaired. Uh, rules are the same. And uh, we are, you know, we're always on the lookout for impaired boaters. So please don't drink a boat and please wear your life jacket. Hey, that very well said. We want, like I said, we want people, I want people to be outside. I want them to take kids and, and other people with them. Uh, fishing is a great uh, option to have an outdoor recreational opportunity. Uh, but we need to make sure we're doing it in a safe manner. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, there's not, there would be nothing worse than, than you going out or you taking people with you and not everyone coming home uh, safe and sound. So we want to make sure that we are doing mm -hmm. everything we can as safe as possible when we're enjoying the outdoor activities that we have available to us here in Pennsylvania. For sure. And, you know, 80%, 80% of the fatalities um, nation, Pennsylvania and nationwide are a result of people not wearing their life jackets. They're easier to wear than ever. They're more comfortable than ever. Um, and also we talked a lot about kids today. Make sure that the life jacket fits. I, I'm sure you can remember, I know I can, you know, getting in a boat when you're a kid and you've got some big bulky life jacket. Well, the law is that they have to fit the people that are on the boat. In addition, if that life jacket doesn't fit the kid, they could go on the water, it could come up over their head, suffocate them. We call it the, the touchdown test to figure out if it works. So have the kid put the or put the life jacket on, have their arms like you're you're motioning for touchdown. If you can pick them up by their lapel, by the by the top of that life jacket, and it doesn't come up over their head, it fits them. So uh, make sure they're wearing a life jacket, make sure it fits everybody on the boat. That's a great tip, uh, and I hope everyone takes that tip to heart. Uh, Tim, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it, uh, and I hope uh, everyone has a good day tomorrow that, that gets out on the water, and good luck to all of them. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciated the opportunity, and, and good luck to everybody tomorrow and, and all season long. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Big thanks to Tim for coming on to talk about this. That spoiler alert, tomorrow, if you're listening on the day that this episode was released, which is March 31st, tomorrow is Pennsylvania's trout opener. So to all you anglers that are going out, 
good luck, right? Enjoy the time spent out there and uh, bring home a few fish. Uh, definitely some good meals that can be made and some good times that can be had when you're, when you're out there on the water. And of course, I want to really reiterate uh, what Tim had to say about water safety and wearing life jackets. You know, make sure that you're safe when you're out there. Uh, you know, it's a big crusade of mine in the hunting space to uh, really try to get people to, you know, have fire, proper firearm safety and proper tree stand safety. Wearing their harness, it's the exact same thing when it comes to water. Uh, it can be a dangerous activity, and we want to try to make it as safe as possible when we are uh, taking advantage of that opportunity. So wear your life jacket, have proper water safety, and make sure someone knows where you are. Uh, you know, so just in case something happens, um, they can get you the care that you need. Until next episode, and especially do this tomorrow, get outside, take someone with you, and of course, stay wild.